Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. We got Mile High Truth coming in saying happy Tuesday to y'all. I feel like Mile High Truth comes in with like the, the hello and then we don't see him for the rest of the time. So good to see Aloha. him. High Truth. Still hello, hope goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. I'm lurking. But uh, good to see him. High Truth. Joey's in the house, too. Let's ride Broncos country. We got Juan Gonzalez coming in. Happy, uh, happy belated Easter, Juan, assuming based on your picture there. Uh, good morning, Nick and Scott. Abraham Lucas, 64. Sam Williams, 75. And Cam Taylor, Britt, 96. Please. Hashtag Broncos for breakfast. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. I absolutely adore this mock. Um, this is one of the, my favorites possible things that could happen. The only caveat is I don't have the background information on Sam Williams. So Sam Williams just comes with an asterisk. He's obviously an extremely talented player. He's 260 pounds, 6'4". I don't love the motor on tape. I mean, he has the ability to be a good edge setter, but I feel like he takes a lot of plays off in that regard. But you're talking about the athlete there at 75. The only question for me is the the uh, ba- assault and battery charge that he had dismissed against him. And when you play big boy football, you know, sometimes those things can can go away. Um, but sometimes you get accused as well. So I just I don't we don't have the uh, we don't have the resources to know all the information on. Sam it was Williams. assault and battery charge against a female, too. Correct. Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah. OK. I'm like, otherwise, I'm like, yeah, you know, boys will be boys kind of thing. You know, bar scraps, yeah. whatever. I don't know. But I'm like, it was worse than just regular assault and battery. It was. Yeah, it was a a, 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 a co-ed. I mean, not that not that I'm condoning assault and battery, but anybody yeah. that's been in college has gotten into a couple pushy shovies and with a 6'5", 260-pound football player, someone looking to make a name for themselves could file charges. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when it becomes the opposite sex becomes involved, my radar starts going up a little, uh, a yeah. little stronger. And there's always, you know, things here and there like information. Uh, like if you recall Jeffrey Simmons before he went to Mississippi State, got in a neighborhood brawl where there's video of him beating up a or punching a female but that female was beating the absolute heck out of his sister just moments prior to that so i mean there's always information not that he should have gotten involved be be smarter than that but you know it's hard it's sometimes it's no sometimes, i mean I, I don't want to get into this too much but you know yeah. joe mixon yeah you know, joe mixon um, as well the, the there's video on that it's horrendous and yeah. i showed it to my daughter I said, you know, she's got a big brother and she'll take a swig at him sometimes and do all this kind of stuff. I said, listen, what happened? I'm like, well, she got knocked out and broke her jaw, hit the table. She, she hit him first. Like, you know, how does she avoid this? That doesn't condone him. Don't get me wrong. You know, if I'm her, her dad, Joe Mixon would be in trouble. Um, But how do you stay out of this? You know, to teach my daughter, I I say, he's like, oh, you're, I was in a crosswalk. Doesn't do you any good. You got run over doesn't matter whose fault it is if you're the one that gets run over. What can you do to avoid this type of thing? So that one got – would it get dismissed, Nick? I think so. Dismissed, yeah. and so so we'll see. So we'll see. There, again, there's there's a lot there that uh, – but again, that's a – he might be the only one that's there. Out of that mock, just get back to purely your football, Cam Taylor Britt might not be there at 96, and Abraham Lucas might not be there at 64. Yeah, but this is the uh, this is a dream mock from Juan, so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll live in the dream world here. 
the DWI guys, Ethan, coming in. Good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Uh, we also got Mark coming in. Good morning to all. Good to see you, Mark. Another Mark. Mark Bowen. First Mark Hoyt. Poynack, and now Mark Bowen, starting the day with the Broncos. All right, all right, all right. Let's get a little Matthew McConaughey going on there. You got a Matthew McConaughey impersonation for me, Scott? No, I don't. No? Okay, all right. It's worth asking. <laughs> good morning to you, Mark. Big E Bronco also. Good morning, all. U.S. Dave, uh, Dave coming in. Buenos Diaz, compadres. EJ saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Quick question. Who is your favorite NFL player of all time? Uh, for me, I mean, I'm just going to be basic, but I absolutely love Peyton Manning. Um, he's funny. He's you know larger than life. I felt like even though Tom Brady is, I would say the goat now with everything he's done, New England and uh, Tampa Bay. I don't think he ever eclipsed Peyton Manning's brand and personality. I think he tried, but he just never could be Peyton. It was just so easy for Peyton to be likable and funny and quick and et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if it's yeah, like the kind of Southern that, draw. That, that, that Southern all shucks thing is a con. Yeah. I always it's said that the, all the time. It's like we t- we talk nice and slow. We'll slow down there, city boy. Uh, don't take advantage of us slow talking Southerners. Go ahead and sign right here. Yeah, make sure you initial that page. Thank you, thank you. Pleasure doing business with you. <laughs> yeah, I love Peyton. I mean his uh his SNL blips or skits were some of my favorite. I absolutely love the one. Obviously the Boys and Girls Club where he's just pelting the kids with football. I also really love the one where it's like halftime in the locker room and he's like doing the dance moves. Um, great skit. Very very funny. I love Peyton. Uh, for me, Jesse Tuggle, easy one, uh, undrafted free agent, Valdosta State, five foot eleven, um, Mister Falcon. As far as I'm concerned, non Falcons. My first favorite player of all time was Tony Dorsett, so he comes mm-hmm. to mind right away. Number thirty three. I love those silver helmets when I was a kid. The silver and blue of the Dallas Cowboys yeah. when I was a kid. Um, after that, I don't know. Uh, I was a big Deion Sanders fan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, everywhere, just you know his. And the thing is, is I'm not big about, you know, the, the, Hey, look at me attitude, but, and, and which goes completely against that's how awesome Dion was. Yeah. Dion had fun with it. You know, Dion wasn't, uh, wasn't Terrell Owens in that regard. He wasn't yeah. like spiteful with it. He was fun with it and his teammates loved him uh, no matter where he went. So I was a, yeah. I was a big primetime fan, but Jesse Tuggle, uh, easy, easy answer for me. All time favorite player. Another one for me, Shannon Sharp. I absolutely adored Shannon Sharp. Uh, very funny, a lot of personality on the field. And I had, I don't even know who made it. Maybe, maybe it was Sega was the company, but there was a game called NFL Game Day, I believe it was. And uh, the deep tight end crosses were unstoppable in that game. And I would just, like Shannon Sharp, 400 yards. And I'm like, this guy's God. Like, he's incredible. So I was very young at that point, but I absolutely adored Shannon Sharp. Love Tom coming in here with the 199 Super. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you, Tom. Back-to-back 199s. Now saying, what do you guys know about Martin Emerson, the cornerback from Mississippi State University? Uh, Scott, any thoughts on Martin Emerson? Was he down at the Senior Bowl? I can't remember. If he was, I don't remember him, but I didn't get to watch the corners that closely. Um, But Martin Emerson... MJ, he goes by MJ, 6'2", 200 pounds, corner, uh, four, yeah. five, three. He's got safety numbers for me. Yeah. Um, with a four, five, six, two, 200 pounds, four, five, three. Uh, I don't know what he did at his, uh, his pro day or anything, but good size. That's for sure. A physical guy. Um, but he ran over, uh, he ran at the, uh, the 40 at the NFL combine with, with, he's got, he's got safety size, yeah. uh, is w- about what I know about him right now. I am. Not a big fan, uh, to be completely honest. I think he is pretty slow in his transitions. I'm looking for you want your cornerbacks to be the quickest guys on the field, like cats. Yeah, he's 
I don't think he tackles well enough to be a safety though. Is the other thing. I think he's a pure press boundary corner going to go somewhere. Who mid- tackles anymore? You need your cornerbacks to tackle in today's <laughs> NFL. It's it's I think it's more important than it's ever been, uh, given how much quick spacing uh, game there is with guys like Debo Samuel. But yeah, I'm not a big fan. I think he's um, especially specifically in this scheme. I think he's purely a wide boundary press man corner. And the Rams, the last three seasons have played uh, more off coverage than any team in the NFL. I'm, I'm assuming that's going to translate over to the Broncos. You'll still see some press, but would you rather have Martin Emerson pressing or Patrick Sertan Jr., who Richard Sherman says has teach tape with uh, press coverage. You know, that's that kind of thing. So I'm looking for more of an off coverage guy who has a little bit more inside outside versatility. So it's it's a it's a hard pass for Martin Emerson for me. I know there for some reason there's some hype on him. I just I don't get it. I don't see it with him at all. Uh, Jacob Foster coming in with the support. Thank you so much, Jacob. Um, And coming back because I just want to get back to that cornerback conversation because I can't let anything go. Um, But if you're looking for that body type, I would say that there are. Uh, different kind of guys that make a lot more sense uh, for the Broncos in that kind of range uh, where a lot of people are projecting Martin Emerson, not me. I have him about in the probably fifth or sixth, but I, I would point to uh, Tariq Woolen, uh, obviously the six foot four, four two five guy with uh, incredible speed. Former, um, and it didn't surprise me. I read in this mock that we're going to talk about today, uh, the, the, the title of our show, uh, it said that he was a former wide receiver. I'm like, that doesn't surprise me. No, not not at all. So just learning the position, just learning the the nuances of the position. Talk about upside, goodness. The other thing about Tariq Woolen is a thirty three and five eighth arm links is uh, that's that is yeah, insane for a corner. Traits out the yin yang. I mean, he's yeah. the pterodactyl out there. I think yeah. you know was was Teddy Hendricks the stork. He was a little bit before yeah. my time, so I know he was before your time. But he had the the nickname the stork. So that's kind of what I picture out there. Uh, Some of the few, older Bronco fans might remember him not so fondly as a as a Raider for a long time. Yeah, very good. Player. But a very cool nickname, nonetheless. Uh, the other two names I wanted to highlight here as far as that kind of body type for guys that I prefer uh, personally. Uh, Joshua Williams is one. Somebody mocked him to the Broncos round four recently. I think it was Jordan Reed. Uh, Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State. Interesting player, good length. And the last one that's maybe been a little bit slept on, but I kind of like in this range as well, is... Uh, Caleb Evans from Missouri. He's a little skinny, but I think he's a better athlete than Martin Emerson as well. So uh, some names to keep in mind if you're looking for that body type. Uh, let's keep going. Hello with with some hellos here to some people. We got uh, Rob Bucks Boxbaum coming in here. Good morning, again, Scott. How are you guys having more shows because of the draft? We're having another show on Scott's channel on Fridays because of the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've been going Monday, Tuesday, Thursday since the dawn of time it feels like at this point um so not more shows on our end no, we're four days a week um and then we'll do we'll do wednesdays fridays on on my channel if you're not over there and if, if you need to we'll, we'll drop the link at the end of the show for sure sunny days in the house good to see you good morning to mark schrader always supporting us thank you mandago dan in the house good morning broncos country oh go ahead sorry no we're gonna we're gonna take care of some business first uh we're gonna hit the the fuchsia the hot pink coming in 50 pounds from across the palm. Thank you for that very generous super chat, my friend. Uh, Nick, tell us a little bit about the great pod you recommended on linebackers and edge rushers. It's a must listen. Yeah, I am a, uh, I'm going to fangirl for a second. There's a kind of an up and coming uh, writer slash football analysis um, named Deontay Lee. Uh, he worked there for a bit for pro football focus and the athletic swooped in and grabbed him and is paying him. I think he needs some money to come in. And he, I shared it with you as well, Scott, every time he does something on there, I'm like, this is probably a must listen because he does such a good job with combining the scheme with the player evaluation and game theory. And he talks specifically at the beginning of the most recent athletic football show show with Robert Mays 
about the valuation of linebackers in today's NFL and how they are somewhat of a devalued position uh, going forward because of you're taking these guys off the field for better coverage players. Like some stuff we've been saying on here, but he much better at articulating it than me, a former linebacker himself. Uh, he said that he wouldn't take any of the linebackers in this draft at all in the first round. None of them have that athletic upside. Uh, the guys who have incredible athleticism that doesn't translate to coverage. It actually translates to pass rush ability. We've kind of mm-hmm. seen it with Devin white. We've seen it with uh, Micah Parsons recently. Neither of those guys good in coverage, not good going back downhill, good pinning their ears back and coming downhill. That's what that you've, you've heard me say that before about guys. You know, we talked about uh, boss Bailey. I talked mm-hmm. about Taylor Mace. You know, some of these guys that don't have necessarily the football instincts, but are measurable freaks. What do you do? You put their hand, you, you stand them up on the edge on third down and say, go get that guy. Yep. Go get that guy. You get one sack a game. You come out with 17 sacks over the course of a season. You're going to make a lot of money. And that's yeah, all you God. did. You know, take advantage of the athleticism. Taylor Mays, I used to joke, you know, at, at USC, I said, this was Taylor Mays. Back pedal, look, look, look. Oh, recognize. And then go super fast and make a tackle. Oh, yeah, he had 80 tackles this year. Yeah, but he didn't make any plays. Um, you know, they were all chasing guys down from behind. His, his recognition was terrible. So, Nick, that's what you're saying. And yep. it, it, I've been saying it for years. He's just probably a lot better at articulating it than me. Grab those guys, make them, turn them into pass for specialists. Yep. Uh, the other thing that he mentioned as far as value for the linebacker position, it's kind of becoming the renaissance that we saw in the NBA, you know, 10, 15 years ago, where you're looking for lengthy boys. And you do want linebackers that have tremendous length because then they have a little bit of an advantage uh, getting off, getting out of trash and uh, in passing lanes and zone coverage. So that's one of the things that actually, when you look at, uh, oh gosh, who's the guy that we like? Troy Anderson, he, his arm length is 34th percentile, where you have somebody like Quay Walker, who is like 96th percentile, and Chad Muma in the 89th percentile. And as, ter- as far as arm length goes, matters more and more in today's NFL. Uh, and the other thing is you're looking for rare types of, bodies that exist and athleticism that exist typically that's not the case for linebackers you can find those guys that run for 640 that are six foot two to six foot four 250 pounds it's rarer to find the cornerbacks that have the specific body types and athleticism or offensive tackles or edge rushers so by and by don't take linebackers round one because it's just not the best usage of resources um so thank you that for that ethan uh we also got paul coming in uh Good to see you, Paul. Hope you're doing well. What pick range do you guys see Wandale Robinson going? Uh, Scott, do you have any thoughts on this one? Uh, to me, he's almost like a, a a poor man's Calvin Austin. And, and as far as athlete goes, he's actually, depending on where you look, he's actually ranked a little bit ahead of that, where he could go end of the second, top of the third, 60s range, maybe at the, at the very lowest, where you're able to get Calvin Austin a little bit later than that. And Calvin Austin... You know, Wandale's measured 5'8", 178 pounds, 4'4'4", in the 40, 34-inch vertical jump. Um, you know, and his arms, 27 and 5'8". Arm. So, Wandale's built like a guy that's 5'8". And this is what we talked about Calvin. You know, Calvin's yeah. built like a guy who's 6'1 or 6'2". He just happens to be 5'8". So, you know, if I'm looking just purely at the, the, the traits and the size, I like Calvin Austin a little bit better. He's more explosive. He's bigger. Uh, his hands are bigger, everything, his arms are longer, he's got more explosion. Um, but if you look at uh, you know, NFL mock draft database, they've got uh they've got Wandale. Let's see, they've got him listed. Oh, actually, they're right there. So there's a good comp for you. 70 for Calvin Austin, 72 for Wandale Robinson. It just seems like we're able to get 
Calvin Austin down in the 80s whenever we do our mocks on PFF. So very similar players. I would lean towards Calvin Austin if it was me. Yeah, Wanda Robinson has historically talked. This is going to be my new thing, guys. Everyone just get your coffee ready, drink, arm length. Uh, mm-hmm. The length matters, man. It really does in today's game, especially in the slot where you're going to have to outreach some guys and be a little bit physical because you're not going to have the free releases in space that you did in college over the middle of the field. And Wandale Robinson has very minuscule arm length. He's tiny. Where Calvin Austin, while he is small and squat, he has a little bit more reach to him as well. And that matters uh, for the slot. So um, I I think Robinson's going to go probably round four, round five, where Calvin Austin is probably going to go round three, maybe the back end of round two, just because speed kills. I mean, God, if Anthony Schwartz can go round two last season, who didn't have a lick of an idea of what he was doing at wide receiver, but boy, he could run. Um, then yeah, I think he, he was an interested. indoor track champion too. Yeah. Over at, oh, uh, I mean, he was one of the lazing. He's one of the fastest players in the world. Yes. No, he was God. I remember the, just using him on jet sweeps and stuff, just a different speed. It's like when you're playing, you have a 99 speed player in Madden, you're playing on rookie. Like I can just run circles around you over and over again. So, um, Kayleon green. Aloha to you, Kayleon. Hope you're doing well. Clayton here on morning guys, smash that like button and share. Yeah, we got, it's a small group so far this morning, but if you guys haven't done so yet, please uh, get up top here and uh, give us the likes and the whatever reaction. We got Dave Glassman with the wow. And thank real quick, so Paul, much. thank you for that very generous super coming in orange this morning. Thank you very much. Helping to keep the lights on, keep my forehead nice and shiny with these lights going. Paul also says he needs some coffee. Go get that coffee, Paul. Uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, Stephen Bumgarner, good morning, everyone. Stephen rocking the beautiful uh, Russell Wilson edit there with the, the old school uniform. Good morning to MHH's best team. Us? God, well, thank you. So- <laughs> we'll take it, but uh, I don't know about that. Thank you so much. Joey said his favorite player was Bo Jackson. Just You can't say Bo Jackson as a uh, Bronco fan. That's just There's got to be a bylaw about talking up Raiders. Like I, I used to love Bill Romanowski. Now I won't even say it anymore because I, I have shame in my heart for how he Yeah, Bo Jackson was almost like an icon to himself, though. Yeah. You know, Bo Jackson wasn't a Raider. Bo Jackson was just Bo Jackson. Yeah, it was, we it's, got, stra- it's, it's, it's strange. He like transcended the, the aura of Bo Jackson transcended any one single team. Yeah. And uh, Joey coming in and saying Steve Atwater spoke about Emerson being a fit in Denver. I would want to sit down and poke Steve on that. Steve and I have talked a few times at the NFL combine. And uh, that to me, this is just me being a scientist. You say something. Well, now I have a hundred more questions that I need answered because I need to understand your thought process here. Cause I don't see a, a cornerback that can do anything but boundary press man, uh, given how tight he is in his hips. And I don't even think he's that good of an athlete to recover when he misses his press. So free safety. Yeah. But then you have the tackling issues. Safety has got to become come downhill and fill the alley. And I just don't think he's super physical. So I don't know, man. I, that's I don't probably see why it. they had him playing corner. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, I said this about, I, I said yeah. this about Bebe. May he rest in peace. He was soft in high school. Yeah. He was soft. They had him playing corner, and that's why. You know, he's yeah. 6'4", 220 pounds, and he's playing cornerback. He's like, man, this guy's soft. Uh, who did we talk about that a little bit yesterday, Nick? We were talking about uh, one of your linebackers, maybe Brandon Smith. And I said, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, you know, throw him down in the pit of the practice squad and baptism by fire because um, Bebe was one of those guys. Steven Davis was one of those guys. Uh, you know who else was one of those guys? It was Derek Henry was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. They were super soft. And that's crazy. They learned, they learned and they adjusted. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to miss on a guy, maybe you could take a flyer on a guy like Brandon Smith out of Penn state who uh, Nick says, uh, isn't the most physical of linebackers in the world. And you, you toss him in the, in the crucible and 
get baptism by fire and see if he comes mm -hmm. out and maybe you get somebody because those traits are hard to come by. Yeah. He's a freak. I mean, I think he's one of the highest Ross athletes of all time. Um, those are the kind of guys you swing on, but you also have to know that like everybody's obsessed with Ross right now, which I love because it's an athletic metric. And if more data we can get and more people understanding how metrics matter, the better, in my opinion, it makes smarter football fans, but well, also a bigger, faster, stronger league. I've said it a zillion times. This is, this yeah. is not a skill based sport. Football is a is an athlete's game. Mostly, I will compared say compared to the other sports, yeah. oh, it's a it's an yes. athlete's game. Compared to baseball, compared to basketball, compared to soccer, compared to hockey, it is an athlete's game. Yeah, uh, man, I might argue a little bit with basketball with you, just because those are some freak athletes as well. This oh, they're game. freak athletes, but yeah. you can't just take a freak athlete and throw them out and play NBA basketball. No. Uh, I don't know if you remember Stromile Swift. You wouldn't remember him. No. He didn't do anything. <laughs> He was at LSU, you know, six eight, six nine. This was like right out coming out after Shaq, just a monster of an athlete. But you know, being able to the, the footwork and the 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 dribbling ability and the shooting, all of that stuff is you know you you're going to have your Shaquille O'Neal's and your Wilt Chamberlain's, of course. But um, nobody is picking up basketball their junior year of college because they flunked out of football and and making the NBA. That doesn't yeah. happen. No, that happens all the time. Like, oh, this guy didn't pick up, didn't pick up football until his senior year of high school. Now he's a first round draft pick. It's yeah. a, it's an athlete's game. That doesn't happen in other sports. It doesn't go the other direction. Track, <laughs> track first. That is just athletes. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, for sure. Um, we got Dom coming in here. Good morning, against Scott in Broncos country. By any chance, do you guys see the new Georgia Bulldogs championship ring? I have not. I saw Atlanta's. Um, congrats to you, Scott. But I have not seen Georgia's yet. It's badass. Well, good man, Georgia. You guys have a very interesting run coming. I'm excited to see what happens here. A little bit envious because go Big Ten, uh, but it should be good football down there in the SEC. Hopefully the Broncos can get one of the defensive players from the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, or what about the cornerback from Cincinnati? Um, you're not getting you, – you might be able to get one of the players from Georgia's defense. You're not going to get the cornerback from Cincinnati because the cornerback from Cincinnati is going top ten. Um, mm -hmm. He's he, can, he, he tested well enough. He can do outside-inside, and people rave about his – demeanor how locked in he is um i think i can't remember who he's training with but i was listening to an interview where they said you know they had some pretty predominant defensive backs working in that room and then sauce gardner came a little bit later because training for in the he was in the playoffs and the dynamic instantly changed the intensity rack ratcheted up i mean he's a i hate to use the cliche word but like a tone setter uh for everybody in that room so he's gonna go high uh kobe bryant's the other guy i think he was actually the Oh God, Jim Thorpe. Is that the award for the cornerbacks room mm -hmm. um, or the defensive backs? backs. Mm -hmm. He won it this year, but the reason he won it is because nobody was throwing at sauce Gardner. So he had, it's like the Trevon Walker case or excuse me, uh, Trevon Diggs uh, this year, who honestly, I don't think is a super good cornerback, but they tested him over and over again. And uh, he got burnt and gave up like the most yards in NFL, but he also had the most picks because they were going at him constantly. Yeah. So uh, that's the Kobe Bryant case. I don't think he should have sniffed that award. Good for him. I mean, I guess, but I don't think he's a, I think he's probably going to get another, another Kobe Bryant has the most baskets. Cause he has the most shots. Yeah. That's like, that's like me with jokes, you know, just high volume. And eventually some of them are going to hit, um, but it's going to stick. Yeah. We got uh curly coming in here. Curly. What a name, man. I love it. Go Broncos from Abeville, Louisiana, Abbeville, Abbeville, Abbeville. You would know that better than me. I should have left that one for you. I do not know <laughs> down South. Uh, Mark coming into Shannon started out as a wide receiver was about to get cut. And then the tight ends camp came, came up lame. Um, rest is history. Yeah. Some, some cool stories like that. 
Dave Glassman, I think with the support here, it's funny when I click it, Dave, uh, the blue heart goes away because it lights up blue on my end. So I'm like, oh, one heart. Nope, it's two hearts. Uh, Peter Middleton coming in saying, which player comes out of nowhere to cement a first team position? So off the Broncos this season, uh, I'll give it to you first, Scott. Who, who yeah, do you I think? saw it, so I got a guy in mind. Yeah. Jonas Griffith. Jonas Griffith. That's a, uh, that's a good one. That would one. be out of nowhere because we're talking out of nowhere here. So who's a dark horse to, to secure a starting spot? Jonas Griffith. You can't say Albert Okawebenam. It's been handed to him. You know, Russell Wilson. So of the guys that I think could step up and get a starting position, uh, it would be it would be Jonas Griffith that ends up taking the getting more snaps and and playing. That to me would be the 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 top one. Or I might go, you know, there's the the, the interior line is wide open, mm-hmm. but that's to me, that's not necessarily coming out of nowhere. So the dark horse for me would be Jonas Griffith. Well, I mean, we cover this team, you know an inch wide, but a mile deep. So it's pretty hard for us to say anybody's coming out of nowhere. Cause we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, second and third string um, two guys come to come to mind for me though. One of them is just based on history. Um, and that would be Michael Ojemudia coming mm-hmm. out as a starter this season. He only played a few games last year because he had a slow bleeder hamstring that cost him almost the whole season. But his week 17 game was actually really good. Um, I don't sleep on him. Uh, so he would come out because Ronald Darby has a extensive injury history. Um, so he could miss out. And the other one who could potentially quote unquote, come out of nowhere, I would say is Caden Stearns uh, because you did bring back Kareem Jackson, but Kareem Jackson's play was dropping last season precipitously. Mm-hmm. And Caden Stearns is more of an ascending player. And, and I, I kind of have Caden Stearns already penciled in as a starter in my mind. Yeah. Over Kareem Jackson with Kareem mm-hmm. Jackson being the I backup. Do. It's possible. Definitely possible. I do. Uh, um, I guess you could also argue Jamar Johnson or a PJ Locke. Those are some real. Yep, those <laughs> would be coming, coming out of nowhere, nowhere for sure. But for me, um, you know, the 6'4", 250-pound guy that runs sideline to sideline like a bat out of hell, Jonas Griffith, mm-hmm. is is that's 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 my that's my uh, sleeper of sorts. Yep. And the other one I wanted to get to here real quick was uh, Eric Tomlinson beating out Alberto Cuevanam. I don't think people understand how good of a blocker Eric Tomlinson is. And if he can even just be a check down outlet type, it's not going to you know drop the ball when it comes his way. His value as a blocker to dictate opposing personnel could create space for the wide receivers, get more guys in the box because teams have to more respect the run game because of that tight end. So that's somebody that uh, sticks out for me as maybe a dark horse. If Albert Okoevenam essentially becomes a, a big slot option, almost in the Alan Lazard mold for uh, the Broncos, kind of like what the, uh, the Packers use Alan Lazard for. Uh, Tom coming back in. Ooh, dialing it up, Tom. Going from 199 to 499. Thank you so much, Tom. Um, I like Zion McCollum, cornerback out of Sam Houston State, in the second or third round if we do take a corner. Do you think that Braxton Jones lasts to 115? Also, Scott watched tape on Woods the safety. Awesome. Yeah, okay, so three questions in here. McCollum, second or third round. I'd be interested in the third round. I think second's a little bit early. There's other cornerbacks that I would assume would be available that would interest me more there. Uh, we actually did a ranking of them yesterday, and we'll talk about one of them coming up here at some point. Uh, Braxton Jones lasting 115, certainly possible. I could see him going anywhere from 75 range all the way to like 175. You know, those cornerbacks with that small of a sample size working in that conference, um, always hard to kind of pinpoint where they're going to go. And all it takes is one team to love them to have them go way early, earlier than you think. And uh, JT Woods, Scott, I'll give you the floor, but I will say this is uh, this is my chance to insert some Jalen Petrie hype, uh, who is, I'd say, the best player on. When you're talking about the trades that JT Woods has, his highlight tape is going to be unbelievable. You know, Mm -hmm. if you take his five or six best plays, he's got athleticism that nobody else can match. So they're going to be they're going to be jaw dropping. Oh, my God, type of movements. Mm -hmm. You need a low lights tape of JT Woods. You need an 80 game 
uh, an 80 play type of uh, uh, what am I looking for here? Just 80 plays in a game, you know, over two games and watch what he does on the plays where he's not making plays and see why, why not? So the highlight tapes on a guy with that type of athleticism is going to be jaw dropping. It's like having a, a power hitter who can't hit a curveball. You know, wow. You know, he, his, his 30 home runs were awesome, but he struck out 300 times. Um, so, but again, I love the upside of JT Woods. Um, and we're going to get to this here in a couple of minutes. We'll start at about the 30 minute mark, the three round mock draft from McShay and Kuiper, but they've got JT Woods up in the third round. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's closer to where I expect him to go. I don't know. We, we pick him up in the sixth round usually. And, uh, you know, a guy with that kind of ability playing at a place like Baylor, you know, a power five school, they're not last until the sixth or seventh round. Yeah, probably not. I, I will say safety is one of those positions where it's obviously nice to have athleticism. Um, it's like a plus, but I would say it's, it's more about not being such a poor athlete that you can't get the job done versus the high end athleticism. Yeah, even, even if you get a special teams demon in the fourth round That's, though, it's yeah. worth it. You know, yep. I mean, again, absolutely. Um, and, and what do you want to do with them? You know, fi- figure something out, you know, make them a gunner, make them, uh, put them on the edge for field goal blocks, for yeah. pump blocks, for returns. Um, there's all kinds of things you can do with him. And he, and, and, and again, I loved him in coverage at the senior bowl. Loved him. I mean, I know yeah. he's got the ability to do it again. Felt the same way about Richie Grant, though, where there wasn't necessarily reads. It was just one-on-one ability. Hey, you take that guy. Um, and that that becomes a little different than reading the entire defense. Yeah. Um, Zion McCollum, I, let's just talk about traits. Good gracious. 6'2", 199 pounds, 4'3", on the 40. A 6'4", 8", 3-cone with a sub-4 shuttle. That, that's an elite NFL cornerback numbers yeah. right there. The, the corners are the best athletes in the NFL, and this is an elite cornerback grade when we're talking about his ability yeah no totally about that i am good call uh, greg smith in the house good morning broncos for breakfast good to see you greg gabe's in the house good morning lads lads i like that one dwi guys coming in with 25 pounds coming in scott do you have video on lucas i was just reading pro football focus and they said his pass protection skills are his biggest concern interesting scott i know you're probably pulling up that video right now i don't think his pass protection are his biggest concern i do think sometimes he can uh overset a bit and i do worry about his grip strength so to speak you know not the strongest punch in the world sometimes guys can work off of him but i think his pass protection is much more projectable than his uh run blocking right now so that's I, a 200, I yeah that's a 220 pound linebacker playing edge what i like about him is when you that's, that's majai sanders going against about 240 Look at the base he's got. Look how wide he gets in his strength. Another thing I like about his core strength, um, he gets kind of rocked back in one of these next uh, reps. It was it was in the one on ones coming from the other side. So when when his back is facing the in the end zone, you'll see it. He gets kind of rocked back, but he just sets back right here. Mm-hmm. He's he, he can't he, Sanders can't knock him over. I mean, he's got him, but mm-hmm. he's got such great flexibility that he's able. He's able to maintain it. Watch the back arch here. That he's able to maintain his strength there and not go over backwards. He does it twice in a row here. That was one of the things that got me. When you're talking about core strength in this guy, who's 6'6", 315 pounds, running a 4'9", nice chop of the feet of the of his feet right there. Look at him right there. He can't. He still can't move him back, and he's got him completely extended. And Abraham Lucas, you know, he's beat, but he's not beat. The the, the again. I just love that back bend. It's not, it doesn't look great because it looks like he's getting overpowered, but he doesn't, he doesn't get overpowered. Yeah. That's, it just shows me what type of 
power this man has uh, in, in that size and athleticism that when he gets, you know, as he matures, he can be really, really good. Yeah, he is going to be 24 years old this year, so a little bit older um, as yeah, a player. Not, again, I don't worry that about much. Linemen, you know, yeah. we, we want linemen to play till they're 35, 36 years old. Yep. Yeah, I I mean, you're talking about 64 overall. There's a reason he's fallen to 64. Um, some of my concerns, too, the grip strength, I don't think he's always the best with his hands. I also think he can be a little bit top-heavy uh, with his pass sets, which can lead to him being uh, losing balance. Um, but again, 64 overall, that's a guy that interests me a lot. Personally, um, this maybe goes against a little bit of my ethos as when I was got an offensive lineman, but I, I would prefer to take a swing on Tyler Smith. Uh, this season just because of the youth and he might have the second best power in this class of any of the blockers. I think he's kind of a uh, icky Aquanu light, so to speak. And maybe he doesn't end up guard, but he's got the length and the movement skills to stick at tackle. His technique though is horrible, Ho horrible right now, but he's only 21 years old. And guess what? You don't need him this year. You're not going to put him in a situation with you have three options at right tackle, but I think he's got the better long-term uh, upside. Also, again, this is coming back to, talking about how to build this team. Everybody wants pass personnel, but getting run personnel that is good enough that opposing teams have to respect it might help your pass game more than a pass personnel specific kind of player. So somebody like Tyler Smith, who absolutely dominates in the run game that makes teams have to play more guys in the box and play cover one or cover three, in essence, helps your run game just as much as a guy who's a good pass protector. So that's all. It's so fun to talk about football that way because it's yeah, everything's again, connected. My, Ethan, my concern isn't necessarily pass protection. It's more like pad level because yeah. that's yep. when he gets bent back like that. That's when his, he's get, they're getting under his pads. Sanders is getting under his pads and been able to extend. But his power, you know, if I did that, my feet would come out from under me and I'd be flat on my back. Yeah. You know, if I was doing that with someone cl even close to my own size. Um, but he was able to, to, it reminds me of there's a, a martial arts expert here in our area who's world famous. His name's Francis Fong. And my friend, my friend who's who sent his son there too, said he's seen him do demonstrations where he sits down in basically a pass set stance, you know, where he's just kind of sitting back on his heels and his haunches. And he will challenge people to come and try and knock knock him off balance. And they can't do it. You know, and this guy, this the 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 strength that takes is just amazing. And and when I see that, that's what it reminds me of is, is Francis Fong not being able to be knocked off his base, you know, and that's, it's different. It's, yeah. it's different. So uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of Abraham Lucas. If you, if you couldn't tell. So yeah. Um, Tyler Smith isn't available when we get to our mock here yeah. in, a, in a minute, he uh, he's gone at the 42 spot to the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. No, it's edge rusher and offensive tackle. The spots where if the Broncos are trading up, I think that's about it. Because there's a, again, we keep talking about it. What it's a commodity and scarcity discussion. Edge rushers and offensive tackles of a certain level of athleticism and arm length, the height, et cetera, et cetera. Those guys disappear. Your safeties, your linebackers, even your defensive tackles, uh, those guys are available later. You can find those body types. So those are the positions maybe worth trading up for. If they love Tyler Smith and he falls to pick 55 and it's costing you, let's say, pick 64 and 96 to go get him, I got no issue with that, honestly. Uh, Gabe coming in. Good morning, Lyle. Good to see you. Edward in the house. Hey, Broncos country. Dylan Von Ark's doing the Broncos work. Oh, uh, let's get to Kevin first. Good to see you, Kevin. Vidge, buddy. Um, I know this guy is not a Broncos target or we have to pick him up, but I think Drake London has a chance to be a bust, a.k.a. J.J. Arthega Whiteside. Um, it's actually, that's I always said Arcega for a while. Arthega. Um, I think. Uh, so are we talking, are we talking wide receiver here? 
I think so. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Because I don't know who I don't know who uh, Ortega Whiteside is. I don't know who that guy is. Really, he was a third round pick, maybe even a second round pick a few years ago from. He was uh, a wide receiver. Stanford. Yep. Okay, because yep. I wasn't sure if Kevin, if you were talking about Drake Jackson, the other USC guy who is the edge guy who could be in play for you. No, um, JJ Ortega Whiteside, uh, wide receiver from Stanford, definitely has busted so far. I don't think that's the case with Drake London. I think Drake London is much more in control in the short areas of the field, and I think he's also much better at rebounding and at the catch point. I don't think he's as explosive vertically as like a T Higgins, so to speak, but I want to see Drake London as a big slot. Uh, people say, um, and I was definitely guilty of this too, because you see the body type and you think, okay, down the field, you know, above the rim separator X. I don't think that's his game. I really love his ability to sink his hips and create separation horizontally in the quick pass game, which is shocking for a guy his size. His size. I want to see him in the, I don't need a top the 10 big pick slot. for that guy. I can get Russell Gage for that guy. It's a different no. type. Um, I agree with you overall, but I think he will go top 20. Um, and I think he can oh, play. I do too because of his size and stuff. But as far as a slot guy, I get slot guys in the third. The best players in the NFL are playing slot at a high rate. I think last year, three. Two of the top three guys as far as as far as slot targets went were Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams. Your best wide receivers are playing slot. Um and Cooper Cup, where were they picked? The second and third round. Exactly. And Tyree Kill went in the fifth, so again, but that was because of his your skill guys. Yeah. You spend capital on guys that can play outside. It's yep. harder to play outside. It's easier to find skill guys playing closer to the ball. That's the way it is. You don't you don't use a top ten pick on a guy because I want to put him in the slot. Uh Justin Jefferson, another guy who is primarily a slot these days. That can do it as well. I think the game's changing, but you need to you need want your you want your primary wide receiver, if possible, to be able to do both. Um, to to create if they mismatches. can play outside, they can so, play inside. Yes, and I think Drake London can play mm-hmm. outside, but right. I absolutely adore him. Where you can do you can Cooper Cup him, so mm-hmm. to speak. Where if you want him in a three by one, um, with the guy uh, with a tight end to his close to the line of scrimmage and a a Z flanker to his outside and an X on the other side, brilliant. If you want him to play the X. Brilliant. And uh, I think, again, I don't think so. Would a, would the best comp you could come up with for this be maybe uh, this would be too, might be a little uh, too old for you, but would, would he be, you know, Keyshawn Johnson or JJ Stokes, a couple of West coast guys that were tall, not necessarily blazers, but were physical uh, use their body. Well, and, and caught, obviously Keyshawn was a better, was better at that mm-hmm. uh, than JJ Stokes, but JJ Stokes was really good at for a while. Uh, Keyshawn was, you know, hall of fame type guy. <sighs> I'll be That's the kind of body know. type I'm thinking of when, you know, JJ uh, Keyshawn was a four, six guy. He wasn't a blazer, but he knew how to use his body and get open and, and, and run routes and make contested catches. Yeah. Honestly, for Keyshawn me, went number one overall, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, I think he did too. That's a little bit. I remember Keyshawn, but that was a little bit before my time of mm-hmm. being a student of the game. I just knew like big guy, run fast, catch ball. Like, you know, that, that kind of age. Yeah. And he was mad because <laughs> a slot guy that they got, you know, as an undrafted free agent was catching all the passes. Yeah, uh, but I, I do really like uh, London. I love his physicality, too. And they say that guy is wired correctly, which does matter a good bit. Um, so keep rolling through some of these because we want to get to the mock draft from Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. Uh, Dylan Von Ark saying, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way. You in were four away from 15,000 or four. So if you're Let's on uh, if you're on Facebook, come come give us a subscribe on uh on YouTube, I'd like to say before uh, before tonight, I'd like to say tonight that we hit fifteen thousand. Yeah, let's do it. That's that'd be great. Tonight is and and Juan, uh, no problem. Uh, forgot to specify about Sam Williams' situation, uh, assuming he's innocent and all that stuff. Yeah. He checks out. 
we, it's it's almost unsaid it. at this point. We all agree. Yeah. We just yeah. almost feel like if, if there's a new viewer or anything in here, we kind of feel like we need to we need to say it. Um, yeah. But then we say it every time, and we get we get it. We we understand Juan. No no problem. Yeah. We're not judging you at all for putting that yeah. in there. That's I I mean from a football standpoint, he's a steal. I think he's a I think he's a first round guy from a football standpoint. Yeah, I agree with you. Wyatt coming in. Good morning, gents. Can't. Catching what I can before I head out. Maybe you're not here anymore, but um, that'd be uh, good to see you. Um, we got uh, Tom coming back in with 499. Do you think we grab an interior guy, Dylan Parham, or maybe move them to center? I think we could trade Cushionberry for a fifth or sixth in 2023. Um, I definitely think the Broncos are looking to bring in a center. I would be shocked if they didn't bring in a center. Uh, doesn't sound like those in Denver are super high on Lloyd Cushionberry, which for some reason, man, I get a lot of pushback for even hinting at that on Twitter. But uh, Lloyd Cushenberry has been a bottom five center in football before we didn't talk about it that much because you could not pass go when talking about the quarterback. Like he, the center position doesn't matter until the quarterback position matters, right? Like that's, you have to cross that hurdle first, but now we're here at the roster where it's like, well, how can the Broncos improve the margins? And I honestly think improving the center position is going to improve your offense more than improving the tight end. Everybody's screaming tight end, tight end. Lloyd Cushenberry has been terrible. Um, and another thing here, then this is a, uh, a little birdie. I sent this to Scott yesterday, but originally it was talking about, um, okay, well, well, who are your other options? Graham Glasgow. Maybe Graham Glasgow at six foot six is not a good fit for Russell Wilson. Maybe Russell Wilson has indicated as such to the Broncos front office that he wouldn't want a six foot six center playing in front of him. So that means that you probably are going to the draft and looking for a center there. Dylan Parham would be a great option. If he's there at 64 or 75, you got to consider it. Cam Jurgens from Nebraska is another great option. Cole strange. Cole Strange is another Cole Strange, good option. Uh, Chatt- UTC University of Tennessee Chattanooga. Yep. Uh, the Mocs. I love. The, I like their. Uh, I like their. Uh, I like the Moccasins too. It's one of my favorite uh, mascots. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of good. Yes, you should come out of this draft with competition at center guard. You yep. absolutely should. Yes. Uh, Donovan West, another option as well to keep an eye on, and uh, Zach Tom. I thought maybe a little bit too tall, but keep. Uh, he- because he was listed at 6'6", six, six, but he's closer to 6'4", so another guy to keep an eye on there. I, the Broncos are definitely, definitely doing work on centers uh, for a reason. Um, Franklin Peterson coming in, $5 super. Thoughts on Mario Goodrich, cornerback from Clemson, 115 to 116. Love the show. Go Broncos. Uh, Mario Goodrich has been solid, good athlete. I, I'll be honest, I didn't watch him as much as I did the other center because I thought Andrew Booth stole the show every time I watched mm-hmm. with the height, weight, speed, and recovery ability. But uh, Mario Goodrich is definitely a um, interesting option there for the Broncos at 115 and 116. And I think the big things you should be looking for here for the Broncos at the cornerback position is good tackling ability and inside outside projectability. Because right now you don't know what the future is for Ronald Darby. Michael Ojemudi just has two years of control left. But right now, the only guy I feel comfortable with playing the slot is Kawan Williams. So you probably want somebody who can do uh, a little bit of both uh, for their uh, cornerback role. Lance Zerline, NFL.com, says he is physical. Uh, so he's six foot, 190 pounds, 195 pounds right in there, uh, four or five guys. So could be. And then NFL Mock Draft Database has him right in that area, has him like 112. So um, if you're looking for a corner at that spot, uh, could be an option for sure. Um, wanted to get to uh, to this comment from D Porter. He said, D Porter says, hey, guys, I love your live streams and your knowledge of the game. I'm not even really a Broncos fan. I'm more of a fantasy fiend. Thanks for all the insight. Well, we love having you here. Uh, Nick and I are both, you know, we 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 grow up fans of teams. That's why we're all here. 
You know, we're all here because we're fans of team, but you know, I'm a fan of the game. I'm a fan of the players. I'm a fan of the process. And so is Nick. And I think that's what, uh, hopefully y'all enjoy, um, all of that too. And, and, you know, some of the, I'm a cynic and Nick is super analytical. So, uh, try and give the both sides of everything. Try yes, buts, uh, mm-hmm. on all of the, uh, on all of the takes on these. And, uh, uh, we've been on the show a little bit more than a year and, uh, we're having a good time doing it. So appreciate you being here, D. Yeah. And Tim Johnson saying, Nick and Scott just wanted to say, hi, I love the show and go Broncos. Let's ride. Um, and, uh, we also got Lawrence coming in here. Sup guys. I'm late. That's okay. Uh, better late than never. Uh, good All to right. see you. Now we've got, we got to get to, to this. I, yep. I do want to get to this. Um, yep. let's do it. I, I, it's been a great chat and we're 45 minutes in and I'll put that in the description saying we get to the actual topic of the show at 45 minutes. Um, so the topic of the show was, uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. And Todd McShay did an alternating three round draft. So, uh, McShay had the, had the odds and Kuyper had the even. So one, two, three, four, all the way down. And they went through all three rounds, 105 picks. And the first pick for the, uh, at 64 with Mel Kuyper, cause he had the evens, um, for the Denver Broncos via the LA Rams, was Cam Taylor Britt, listed as safety from Nebraska. Hmm. Kuyper says Denver dealt away its premium picks to land Russell Wilson, and this is one from the Rams trade for Von Miller. Taylor Britt's 4-3-8-40 at the Combine wowed scouts. He played a lot of corner in college, but I see his best position as a free safety in the NFL. Interesting that he has him at safety, but this is, again, this is talking about something that we keep screaming on here for the Broncos, the defensive back. Versatility, versatility, versatility versatility and length and cam taylor Britt has both he's a good physical cornerback and uh god i'm gonna have to have a few drinks after this talking so much about uh go take a shower yeah the nebraska the bug eaters (laughs) um can you believe they used to be called the bug eaters that just kills me it's too funny um but i think he's a really good uh cornerback he can play off coverage i think he has the length to play press man as well um i think he almost had 32 inch arm length which isn't like all right, 31 and a, let me look 31 and a half here, which isn't inc- incredible, but it's definitely not short. Um, very good in the 40 yard dash, the sub four, four forty, and good size. I think he can still probably add a little bit of weight, which apparently he did going from the combine to the pro day, um, going from one ninety six to two Oh seven. I'd love to him to play in about the two Oh five to two fifteen range. Um, and a very, very good player. The biggest thing here for me is the medicals. Um, he has had a, good bit of uh, injuries in his career. He's suffered a torn meniscus in 2015, and he's also suffered a torn ACL and uh, two meniscus tears and a fractured patella. So all these things are scary. These are dating. These are almost half a decade ago. These are back in high school, um, but very good athlete. Um, I love that they talk about him moving to safety, and you know what that means to me? If he can play safety, it means he's a damn good tackler, and he's good at coming downfield in control, breaking down and tackling in space, which if anybody – can read the signs of what can happen, what's happening in Kansas city right now. I think that's how their offense is pivoting. They're getting Martez, uh, Valdez, Scantling, Juju, Juju Smith, Schuster. These are guys who are yak guys, uh, get them the ball in space and then have to tackle them in space. So that's what I'm looking for right now. And I would be, I'd be very happy with cam Taylor Britt 64. It feels like it's not like a home run value. I think we did a mock last week where we got cam Taylor Britt at like 114 or 96 or something. Um, but I think this is where, he is going to end up going uh, because of the athleticism and the size. 5'11", 196, and we start talking about this safety, corner, defensive back. Slot, yeah. You know, again, it, it's defensive back. What do you play? I play defensive back. I'm going to dime 
25, 30, 33% of the time. Mm -hmm. I need defensive backs five and six out on the field. Are they a freewheeling safety? Are they a big corner? Or it doesn't really matter uh, what you think of them. It's can they can they make plays? It's it's almost you know the rover position of sort. Are they versatile enough to be able to play in that dime? Um, so I think you know the way it's just the way uh, that Mel Kiper talks about them. I think it'd be a, a pretty solid pick. It almost sounds to me like you know JT Woods light but with better instincts you know but better mm-hmm. with with better coverage instincts um by taking him uh you passed on Wandale Robinson uh Channing Tindall uh Chad Mumo went 67 uh, a couple other names and then here's a name that I think you might not want to have passed on they have Bernard Ryman falling all the way to 69 mm, so man. uh to the Jets so you know that might be the one where you say we're, if we're on here talking when the Broncos are on the clock, we say, you got to take Ryman here. And, you know, this is why, this is why, this is why. Offensive tackle, right tackle, uh, blah, blah, blah. First round stuff, except for the short arms. Yeah. And uh, and then Cam Taylor Britt comes on and we all kind of go, whoa, interesting. Yep. Uh, that might be the one that you take in that spot. And for me, if they did pass on Ryman, it would be the same conversation as what I heard about George Payton he's very metrics driven mm-hmm. and thresholds driven. And I heard that Kenny Pickett would be the Broncos quarterback one, if it wasn't for the hand size, but the hand size were non-negotiable for the Broncos. And that could be the same thing with arm length uh, with Bernard Raymond there. So sub 33 inch arms. I think there was only one tackle out of 64 last year that started the season that had sub 33 inch arm length. That's, that's an outlier. So you got to think about that. You also pa- uh, passed on Josh Pascal uh, who went 71 to the bears. Mm, that's a good and fit. then coming up next, right, the pick before at 74, Troy Anderson, inside linebacker from Montana State, who I really like, goes to the Falcons. And at 75, Todd McShay has the odds. McShay takes Leo Chenault, inside linebacker, Wisconsin. He says Chenault is the best player still on the board. And even though the Broncos re-signed Josie Jewell, he'd make a splash in the middle of the Denver defense with a sideline-to-sideline range. So we've talked a lot about that. Is there, mm. you know, can you can you upgrade the athleticism at the position of uh, if Baron Browning's there and Jonas Griffith is there. No, <laughs> no, this, this isn't necessarily a huge upgrade in those, but you might need those guys. Other places, the injuries uh, could be a, an interesting pick. Uh, Nick, what, what do you think about Chanel at that, at that spot at 75? I don't mind it at 75 Leo. And this might be me being biased about players who absolutely beat the living hell out of my Iowa Hawkeyes. Kind of like how George Karloftis had like 20 pressures in the Iowa game. Still a really good player, um, but uh, not same as Leo Chanel. But Leo Chanel killed Iowa. Biggest thing with Leo Chanel that's holding me back here is people, Broncos country really, really wants a coverage linebacker. And I get it. You want somebody who you can count upon in space. But Leo Chanel is so good at coming downhill and playing in multiple gaps that he helps your pass game because you probably don't need as good of a run block or a run stuffing defensive tackle or an edge setting edge rusher or those kind of guys, because he is that good coming downhill freak athlete for, especially for his weight. Um, what he did athletic testing wise, typically you see linebackers testing at about two thirty five, and he came in at about two fifty. Uh biggest holdback for me with Leo Chanel. Again, everyone drink arm length is in the 13th percentile at uh, 31 inches, which is not great. If he was, you know, somewhere like 33 and a half, you're talking about a guy who's probably top 40 pick. Uh, with his athletic profile, but definitely something to uh, think about there with him. He's a 
Very fun player. Big fan. Um, I wouldn't mind him at 75. And people want linebackers. This is the area where you're looking to go linebackers. I think there's a cluster of about eight of them that are really good. Just give me the last guy available on the board, different skill sets. You can figure out how to take them. Um, but I really like Leo Chanel. And you probably want him in a scheme that's a little bit more attacking um, rather than leaving him in space. Kind of like the Alexander Johnson role uh, for the Broncos when they had him here. But good player, great athlete, and uh, just a menace on the field too. A lot of fun. So again, for me, it's not just who you take, but who do you pass on? Yeah. And I would go, if this is my pick, I would take the very next, ugh, good Lord. Who, who is the bane of my draft existence, Nick? Uh, Todd McShay. No, 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 no. I mean, for oh, teams, like who always takes the players I want when we uh, do these? The Chiefs? Baltimore. Baltimore. The Ravens. The Ravens always have my draft. So the Ravens take Perry on Winfrey, defensive tackle, defensive end, Oklahoma, at 76 and frankly that's where i would go with this pick that's where i would go with this pick i think he plugs right into that three four end and kuiper says uh, also since you filled baltimore's hole at center todd because obviously the ravens took one earlier the next position on my list is defensive tackle uh winfrey could be a steal here he's one of the best prospects at the senior bowl though he was inconsistent at oklahoma and this is it where it where it comes in for me he could play end in a three four scheme he absolutely could play end in a 3-4 scheme, and he'd be a great fit as one of those defensive ends in a 3-4. I would love Perrion Winfrey in this spot. And you know what else I love? I love uh, self-deprecation. Jay Ross, 777, coming in and says, please use this for Scott's forehead monthly wax fund. I don't think that's going to cover it, though. Yeah. The, the five bucks, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a contribution, but th this is a lot of space here. I, uh, I, I, need, I, I, gotta, I gotta have more than that. Uh, so no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the, the contribution to the show. J Rass. Don't be a stranger. Um, the last time, you know, I used to, my hair was a little bit longer on top and I, I, you know, just brush over with bangs. The last time I did that, I think it was 2008. And I saw myself on TV. I was doing draft. This is, you know, the humble brag, I guess I was doing, uh, Signing day on NFL Network, and I saw myself on TV. I said, "No, no, no, we gotta get with the times and get this stuff off here." It looked like a beaver tail across my forehead. <laughs> like I'd rather have the big shiny forehead than the beaver tail coming across here. So we went that direction. Yeah, and I was just uh, reading about Chanel real quick, and the first line here, absolutely shocking. Oh my god, I just had a double take. I can't. I could never read that right. Leo Chanel, who is the twelfth oldest of sixteen kids born and raised in Northern Wisconsin, sixteen. <laughs> it's leo oh my god that is i know his uh, brother played fullback for wisconsin but i guess probably half his siblings play for the badgers up there in north wisconsin 16, 16. kids god <laughs> i have I'm nothing i don't I know if there's some twins or triplets in there but that's just staying pregnant what do you yeah. do for a living i stay pregnant god it's i everything i want to say might be misconstrued as uh, inappropriate so i have uh thoughts of uh what's the show um Monty Python, a meaning of life going through my head here, but uh, let's keep it going here. The Broncos picking 96 here, which is really a, an interesting one here. And one that actually is something I can get behind for a position that I've talked down for the Broncos. Another pick uh, just real quick before we move on. Uh, Daniel okay. Falele, offensive tackle 79 to the chargers uh, is someone else. that's interesting. And I saw Marcus Jones. Uh, one of the questions in the chat um, uh, may have been Tommy has uh, Marcus Jones going to the Houston Texans at 80. So we get down to, what are we, 95, 96? Yeah, 96. 96. 
96 means uh, even, so Mel Kuyper is back on the board via uh, the Denver Broncos Von Miller trade to the Rams. Mel Kuyper takes Jelani Woods, tied in Virginia. And the description here, um, I don't particularly like because, again, we've said before, Nick, the reason why we're here in tight end is because the last big headline for national guys was Noah Fant. Noah mm-hmm. Fant was included in the draft. If the last big headline was Denver Broncos signed Albert Okawebenam from the Pittsburgh Steelers as a free agent, nobody's talking tight end. Yeah. You know, nobody's talking tight end. So, you know, Albert Okawebenam in this draft would probably be a better prospect than Jelani Woods. So, the description on this one is with Noah Fant shipped to Seattle in the trade for Russell Wilson, who's going to play tight end in Denver? I know who. Nick, do you know who? Uh, Woods wasn't much of a receiver at Oklahoma State, but he caught eight touchdown passes after transferring to Virginia in 2021. He has some intriguing physical tools. Mm -hmm. So for me, that one's almost like, oh, I know they lost a guy, so I'll fill a guy here. And but I'm not really not sure what to do because I have to make 105 picks and type out words on all of them. And it's I'm kind of tired now. Um, So I'm not against the pick, but it just reading, you know, kind of between the lines here just felt like a little bit of a lazy pick. You know what? I keep disparaging the tight end uh, position for the Broncos because of the way that a lot of people are discussing a lot of these tight ends. Jelani Woods is one that actually makes a lot of sense for me if you didn't already have Albert Okoyebinam. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the same kind of thing where, okay, if Russell Wilson doesn't use the short middle of the field as much as almost any quarterback in the NFL not named Kyler Murray, how can he utilize tight ends? Ones that run seams, ones that run posts, ones that run deep crossers. Enter Jelani Woods, you know, the, down the field, attacking, splitting the safeties, I think is an area where you will see uh, Russell Wilson attack the middle of the field. It's not the short middle of the field where, you know, there's a lot of linebackers and stuff. It's in between the linebackers and the safeties. And I think Jelani Woods can attack that area of the field. Now, he does need to work as his blocker, but I also see that uh, I've seen in interviews with him that he models his game after Mercedes Lewis. Who's Mercedes Lewis played for the last few seasons? Oh, that's right. The Green Bay Packers and Nathaniel Hackett, who, and uh, Justin uh, Uten, Outen, who was the tight ends coach for Green Bay, who absolutely loves Mercedes Lewis. So uh, that's kind of an interesting one for me uh, with Jelani Woods. Now, I know you're kind of maybe getting redundancy with uh, Albert Okoebenam already in building, but Albert Okoebenam only has two years left of control, and maybe you prefer Jelani Woods' ability in the red zone as well. So I really like Jelani Woods. I think that you'll pick 96, pick 115, 116 if he's there. I got no issue with it, and I am a believer that your tight end needs to have a something monstrous like a trump card in their ability, whether that be the size as a blocker or freak athleticism to run crossers that linebackers can't keep up with or down the field to spread a defense thin. Um, And I think Jelani Woods can do that. He's, while he tested freakishly, I don't think he's great as far as his twitch. Um, He's not really good at breaking off routes, but build up speed down the field, posts, crossers, seams, makes all the sense in the world for me for what a tight end should look like in this Broncos offense if you're looking for a pass catcher. Well, the other part, when you said, uh, you know, what can they do when you started whipping off routes and, and stuff like that to be seen by over the middle, being 6'7 doesn't hurt either. No. Yeah, That's sure. one of those other things also is be a 6'7, be built like a power forward, uh, mm-hmm. you know, an NCAA power forward. That that might make you a shooting guard in the NBA. But, um, you know, 6'7 is going to be one of the taller guys on the field, one of those big targets. Um, it would hedge against, because to me, Albert Okawebenam and Jelani Woods are similar. So do you have your blocking tight end? Do you are you do you are you hedging against Albert Okawebenam the same way you'd be hedging against Mike Boone 
uh, if you went running back in this spot. And I, I think I saw Big Kid Rock coming in here with a super that reminded me of this. Uh, appreciate you, Big Kid Rook. Not Big Kid Rock, but, you know. Uh, the big drop-off between Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone, we need two running backs not to wear out Javante. It will help set up the passing game for Russell. And that that's the question. How big of a drop-off is it? Uh, I, I've said this several times with all the running back talk. The more and more I hear running back, running back, running back, the more I hear not Mike Boone, not Mike Boone, not Mike Boone. Um, if I hear tight end and I get a pass-catching tight end similar to Albert Okwebenam, it's it's hedging. It's hedging. And, and it's nice to be in a position where you don't have such gaping holes yeah. that you can hedge your bets like that in the draft. Appreciate the super BKR. Yeah, thank you so much, BKR. And guys, we are at an hour now, almost on the dot. So we got to get on out of here. Um, Scott, roll it through that mock one more time for us, just so the uh, the people can hear it, um, where the where Mel Kuyper slash Todd McShay uh, went with the picks. Yeah, the uh, the first pick was Cam Taylor Britt, 64. The second pick, you put me on the spot right there. Sorry. <laughs> put The second pick at 75 was uh, Leo Chanel, inside linebacker, uh, out of Wisconsin. And then the, the last pick was Jelani Woods, tight end. I, I think that'd be a decent haul. Mm -hmm. um, the question then would become, okay, we didn't get our offensive tackle. Uh, we didn't get edge. Um, but that's okay. You know, are you getting good players? Are you getting players that can help? Yeah, you are. You are. I'd still like to see, uh, you know, I'd still like to see these guys again, I told you the guys I'd take early. Now, they, they were almost done here at 95, so there are only 10 picks left. So let's see who was available right after that. JT Woods is available, um, but you already took Cam Taylor Britt, so very similar players. But again, another reason why I might have gone a different direction with the higher pick, knowing that JT Woods is down there. Uh, Majai Sanders um, and, and Kuiper here says he wages 228 at the combine after a stomach bug, but he was back up to 248 a couple of weeks later at his pro day. Uh, Donovan West, if you want to go center, Brandon Smith, inside linebacker, um, uh, Neil Farrell Jr., McShay, he had one sentence on him, don't like it. Uh, so again, your, your pick and start getting a little slimmer down there for sure. Yeah. Well, overall, I think this was actually a solid mock and if the Broncos came away with this, I'd be excited about it. I like all these guys. They make some sense. And, and uh, you still have Braxton Jones in the fourth. You could get Braxton Jones and you might be able to get a, uh, a center prospect as well. Now, what I would be curious about would be maybe going with, uh, was Kate Otten and Jeremy Ruckert still available? Let me see. Sorry to put you on the spot here, but those, there's, there's Kate a Otten was still of... available. And Ruckert, R-U-C-K-E-R-T. Ruckert's still available. I might roll the dice there at 96 and say, listen, I got three tight ends left that I all really like. They're different, but I like them similarly. Maybe I go with a different position and say that at one 15 or 116, one of those tight ends is still there. So maybe you're looking at an edge rusher, an offensive tackle, a center. We've talked about the center position uh, there at 96 rather than Jelani Woods, unless you are hell-bent on getting that type of body type and athleticism at the tight end position again. Because he is such a dynamic athlete, I think that athleticism, that ath pure athleticism is one of the most important traits for today's tight ends because there are so many drag routes where it's foot races against linebackers. So if you're not hauling ass, excuse my language, you're not going to be as valuable in today's league. Uh, Based so. on available players, my two picks in those spots would have been uh, Bernard Ryman and uh, Perrion Winfrey. I would have gone offensive tackle and then big DL. I think I think your three, four ends are bigger needs. Actually, mm -hmm. right across the board. I think your three defensive linemen are bigger needs than we're letting on than, than yep. people realize. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And who else was available? Who are the next few picks after 96? Just because I'm going to be like, okay, I guys, I, I mean, again, they were, I'll read them to you from 96 to 105 to, to flush out the third. Um, was was uh, Isaiah Spiller running back AM, JT oh. Woods, Baylor. See, that's where I'd go. I'd go JT Woods then because I didn't take Cam Taylor Britt earlier. Isaiah Likely, tight end, uh, Majai Sanders, uh, Edge, Cincinnati, Donovan West Center, Arizona State. Brandon Smith, line inside linebacker, Penn State. Uh, Neil Farrell Jr., nose guard, LSU. Uh, Sean Ryan, offensive tackle, UCLA, and David Bell, wide receiver, Purdue. And, and this one was just like Mache is like, well, a wide receiver. Bell wasn't super impressive at the combine, but he's a crafty route runner who would bring versatility to an offense likely undergoing a change under center. Uh, let me translate that for you. Who's the best last wide receiver I have here? Because all I can ever think about is wide receivers. Sounds like somebody who's had a wide receiver mock to Atlanta. One too many oh, times. Piper did it this time. He took Garrett Wilson. I'm like, that's the fourth different wide receiver y'all have sent to Atlanta at eight. I'm like, you guys can't even decide if there is a good wide, which is the best wide receiver out here. You're just like, oh, wide receiver Atlanta. Maybe, hmm. maybe. Yeah. That's the other one. Let's look at it. Who, who, who goes nine? Who goes yeah. nine? So you trade Russell Wilson for offensive tackle Evan Neal falls to the Seahawks mm. in this one. And what so about 41? If Falcons pass on Evan Neal and Kyle Hamilton. I'm going to raise hell. Yeah, you probably should take a wide who, receiver. And who did the Seahawks take at 41? Just that's the other. The Seahawks at 41 uh, take so uh, Quay Walker inside linebacker. Ah. Quay Walker, my linebacker two in this draft class behind uh, uh, Devin Lloyd and then Chad Mooma number three. So mm-hmm. Quay Walker, man, he's I was listening again that shout out to that podcast again. The linebacker at uh, Georgia who played the most slot snaps that played in coverage, not Nicobe Dean, who is plummeting right now. Quay Walker. Uh, we'll see. Plummeting, uh, plummeting in the in the media isn't the same thing as plummeting on draft day. Sure. I, he might not go round one, I guess is the, the long and short of it, but all right, guys, we got to get out of here. We'll see you again tomorrow on Scott's channel. Scott can drop it in the, uh, the chat here. Like he talked about earlier. Um, cause we are going live and, you know, milking that cow for the uh, draft content as much as possible, because once it's gone, we're going to miss it. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at huddle up pod as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're following our, Facebook account at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as our Facebook account at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and uh, like subscribe and share on YouTube. If you're listening after the fact, also that probably means you're listening on Apple uh, iTunes, find us on Apple iTunes, find the reviews, scroll down, leave us a five-star rating and a review helps us a heck of a lot. And seriously, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to us on YouTube. Cause we are like 14,999. We're one. Who's going to be the 15,000? I wish I could tell, like, I wish I could tell who would be the 15,000th. I'd offer you something just for fun, but yeah. I, I can't tell who it, who, it, who it would be. It's me. Offer me something for fun, Scott. I, I did it. So <laughs> I'll unsubscribe and then resubscribe. And yeah, guys, make sure you are uh, tuning into Scott's channel tomorrow where we're going to be going live once again. And I don't know if we, we got to this one talking about uh, the running back. Thank you so much, Big Kid Rook. Uh, for your uh, support. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow on Scott's channel. Everyone stay safe. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. I want to say thanks real quick. Usually okay, usually good. throw it back to me one more time. I want to say okay. thanks to our, our yeah. super chat superstars. Big Kid Rook, Jay Rass, Triple Seven, D Porter, Franklin Peterson, Tom Lock, Lockhuff, uh, Kevin Seven, uh, Paul 826, and the Benefactor, Ethan. 
the DWI guys. Uh, Jacob Foster came in on on. Uh, I remember Jacob Foster coming in, Lawrence Rivera coming in, Peter Middleton coming in on on Facebook. And I apologize if I forget you, but I think I got everybody. So again, um, y'all have turned this into just an awesome morning for us, and we're glad you uh, you love it. Keeping the lights on here, making sure we're doing more and more, and hopefully up in our game for you. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tonight on Building the Broncos. We'll see you tomorrow on Scott's channel for Forging the Falcons. You guys have a good one. We'll see you later. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.